You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So I'm going to be completing uh, the series that I started six weeks ago, and I have probably uh, received as much, if not more, responses from this series than I have in any other series that I've ever, that I've ever taught. Um, we have been talking about uh, fear and how do we fear less, uh, talking about the dark places in our lives and the phobias, the anxieties that, uh, that, that people have in general, and all of us all of us have areas in our life that uh, we don't like going to, or we uh, are there and we want to get out. It's a dark place in your life, and, and so um, as we've been navigating through different, uh, different areas where you can have fear, uh, today we're getting to the one that I think is the biggie of all biggies, okay? We're getting to, to the, the fear of, of death. Right, and uh, I don't think that anyone with a with a healthy mind is ever saying I want to die. Right, most people with a healthy mind, healthy emotions, um, you want to live, and you want to live in a in a productive setting. You want to you want to live in a way that you're you're making a difference, that you are 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 experiencing life to the fullness. In fact, Jesus said that. He said, I came to give you life and give you life to the full or abundant life. And that makes sense to every, every person because every person desires to have a full life. Every person wants to have a healthy life, emotional, uh, uh, physical, spiritual, and, and uh, material. Every facet of our life, we want it to, to be in a, in, a, in a good place. But death... Death does something to humanity. Uh, the, the reality is that when it comes upon us, it kicks us in the gut. If you've lost someone that you love recently, right now you're at a place that you're probably trying to navigate through a dark area in your life. Maybe even an area that you've never been there before. Last week, I, I mentioned a, a little bit about my, my week. I, I left to uh, Los Angeles on Thursday and uh, did, a, did a service, memorial service for a 30-year-old on Friday. Drove back on Saturday and uh, got to uh, San Manuel about 10 a.m. and then did three services on Sunday and then got back from the services and my son and, and daughter-in-law were, were with us visiting. And, of course, uh, Princess Saley was there as well. And so uh, we just were basking in that. And uh, Princess Samaya was there. And so I've always called my daughters and my, now my granddaughters princesses. Isn't that cool? We should because they're, they're special, right? And so hung out with them and, and got, went to bed. And I got to, to, to just laid my, my head on the pillow and I got a phone call. 11 o'clock at night from California, and it was the sister of the young man who passed. 
And so we proceeded to talk until midnight. And she had all these questions. It hit her. It hit her that her brother was gone. And in her conversation with me, all the things that probably most of us have struggled with began to surface, like, why him? Why not me? I can't take this. All of the things that, that death does to people. And what a, what a fitting and not fitting time for that to happen. Right? I'm talking about fears and I'm actually going. I've got it written down before that even happens. I've got this, this scenario written down before it even occurs. And now it, it's happening in real time where I've just done a service for a 30-year-old and I get a phone call from his sister and she's saying, why? And she's saying, I'm angry. I'm angry. At who? I'm angry at God. Why? And so those are some of the things that you maybe have said or maybe into yourself, maybe not spoken it verbally to someone else because as church people, we re we're really careful about what we say, right? We're real careful. We, we don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to dress the wrong way. You want to be this certain uh, cookie uh, pattern, cookie cutter kind of thing. She was just speaking reality. Why? I'm just angry. I don't understand. His life was cut short. And you may be in here thinking, you know what? Why? Why my mom? Why my brother? Why my dad? Why my husband? Why my wife? Why? How do we navigate through that darkest, I think, of all dark places in life? Because death, death means so many different things to so many different people. Did you know that? Death means so many things to so many different people. For, for example, uh, an atheist might say something like, you die and that's it, you're dead, period. I mean, you're just, we're just a... a, 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 a we just happened by chance, and, and you evolved, and, 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 and now you die, and that's it. There is nothing else. And, but, but let me tell you something as I move on, that death makes an atheist think before he dies or she dies. How do I know that? I've been there. I've led an atheist to Jesus before they die because death does something to people. Or the brink of death. Uh, an agnostic might say, I don't know where, we're, where we go when we die, but if there's a God in heaven and he's real, then I think I'm, I'm, I'm a good enough person to go to heaven. You've heard that from individuals. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a good person. A Muslim would say, uh, if my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, Allah will bless me with an eternal paradise. So their ideology is that, you know, if my good deeds will outweigh, outweigh my bad deeds. You see, every major religion in the world says, what can you do for God? Only Christianity says, this is what God has done for you. A Buddhist would say, my ultimate goal is nirvana, to get this, to this place of escape, of perfect peace and solace. And yet the Buddha said, 
peace is hard to find. And a Mormon, you might say, when I get to heaven, I'll keep working. I'll keep working until I'm more like God. But what I've seen in all my years of walking with Jesus Christ is it doesn't matter what your philosophy or your religion states when you come to that place of the threshold of death, you begin to question everything. I've had so many experiences. I sat with the affluent and the abased. And every one of them at the, at the gates of death, they are grasping for another breath, for another day. That's why the Bible and the biblical perspective is so important to us as we face this biggie of biggies, right? You know, Paul, Paul wrote, he says, to live is Christ and to die is better. Do you know that? To live is Christ, to die is gain. And he's saying, I live in Christ, and, and in Christ I have, I have a peace that, that surpasses my understanding. In Christ I have a, 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 a comfort that surpasses any kind of comfort that I could get from any man. In Christ I have this abundance of, 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 uh, of all these wonderful things, love, peace, self-control, faithfulness, all these things. He said, in Christ I have that, but to die is better. Now, that, 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 that is just radical. It's radical. To live your life thinking that I'm living for Christ, but to die is even better, is radical. The, the, the writer of Hebrews said, it is appointed for every person, every man, every woman, to die once, and then comes judgment. And then comes facing the Almighty. And so you, you're in here today and, and you're thinking, Lord, how, how, am, I, how am I going to, to navigate this fear that I have? You, in fact, you may be here today and you live constantly with a fear of death. And my prayer is, my prayer is that when we get done with this, this message, this sermon, that you are actually going to have the peace of God more today than you did yesterday. That you look at death in a, different, in a different light than the darkness that you are facing right now. How many of you know who Steve Jobs is? He kind of has something to do with this, right? Steve Jobs was a brilliant man. He was a brilliant man, and, and, and Steve Jobs uh, just passed away recently. I don't know if you know that. <clears throat> and Steve Jobs said this right before his, his death. He said, remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. 
Listen to his words. I don't even know if he's a Christian. Okay? I, don't, I don't know what, what Steve Jobs' uh, uh, faith standing was. I, I don't know. I haven't researched that deep enough. I did look at his biography. But he says, remembering that, that, that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Now, this is the guy who developed the iPad. This is the guy who developed the, I, I, uh, the um, MacBook, the iPhone. This is, this is the guy that has probably changed society as we know it, okay? And then he goes on, he says, because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, these are all things that he was, was, he was faced with every day, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly Important When you're facing death, when you face death, you really come to terms with what is really important, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian. When you come to that place, you really realize that everything in life does not matter without what's important. And more importantly, who is These are the words that I've heard. A, a man on his deathbed, he said, wheel me out to my living room. I had to go through two doors to get into his house. Very affluent. He said, look, pastor, look, I've done very well for myself, but I'm at, the, I'm at the gates of death, and I'm very scared, and I should have done more. I should have helped more people. I should have given more. His wife was a choreographer in Hollywood. She says to me, I know, she says, I'm not a religious person. I know that Jesus was a good person. I said, she said, I know that, that uh, you know, the Buddha, they're all good. They're all good. And so the Lord gave me grace. The Lord gave me, he gave me confidence. He gave me bonus. I said, well, let, let me tell you, dear lady, you know, God loves you very much. But then Jesus never came to be a good person. Jesus came to be a savior. Jesus came to save us from this state that your husband is in right now. He came to deliver us from death. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He or she who believes in me will live even though they die. And so both of them gave their life to Jesus Christ right there. But not everybody does. And so you may be here right now and, and, and you're thinking, what, what is my hope? What, what, how do I face this dilemma that, I'm, that I have before me? How do, I, how do I navigate? I would say to you, the way that we navigate through death is through the life of Christ. Steve Jobs was one of the most influential people to walk the face of the earth. All the things that we've talked about in the past five weeks, the fear of being alone, the fear of change, the fear of rejection, the fear of people, the fear of failure, they take a back seat to the fear and the reality of death. It's exactly his words. 
The guy who developed this that I'm using right now, and I, believe me, I love Max. In fact, I tell people, once you, once you, have, a back, you, once you have a Mac, you'll never go back <laughs> to the dark places. I'm not making a commercial, by the way. But this guy that was brilliant, he, come, he came to the place of his life that every person, every person, every person, every person will come to this place. And he came to this place and he said, what matters is what's important. All of these things that we make important in our life. And, and some of us in here, we've made things important that are really not that important. I spent time with a young person this week, and, and they, they, they began to share with me of, of how they, that, that this has taken over their life. And, all, and, and in the conversation, they said, you know, I have all of these people that are my friends or followers on, on, on social media. He said, and I cannot get away from this. I can't get away from someone liking something that I post. I can't get away. But when you come to this place, he realized it this week. But a lot of people don't realize. You may be a young person in here, and you may be on this all the time, and you come to realize that death, this really doesn't matter that much. What really matters is her. What really matters is him. What really matters is him. You see, here's the thing that I know for sure, and statistics don't lie. To win the Powerball, you know the Powerball? Wouldn't it be nice to win it? You know, just for the church's sake. No other reason. I would just give it to the church. You know, that's the only reason I play the Powerball. 292 million to one chance. 292 million to one chance. That means you have to play it 292 million times before you might win. And you know what the odds are of death are? You know what the ratio is? You're a winner. Not a wiener, but a winner. One out of one. One out of one. We, we come to this place and, and death does something to us that nothing else will do. There's a hole in our hearts. When our loved ones die, there are so many questions, so many unspoken longings that begin to arise with death. Come on. If you've been there, you know, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter, your whatever. There are so many things that happen. And that's why I, 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 we're going to look at Psalm 23. That's going to be kind of our text. And I began to process that maybe David wrote this as a shepherd as he went through the valleys and the mountaintops of life, as he, as he led the sheep out and he was looking at the, 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 the circumstances that he was facing. He was facing fight, fighting lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Very good. And don't we face that in life? Don't we face those lions and tigers and bears in our life? We go through constant battles. I mean, some of you might have fought cancer. Some of you, I mean, we had someone in the congregation recently that had a, a tumor removed of cancer, and we, we prayed for them. Uh, it was, it was uh, malignant, and, and uh, they did all the testing, and we just prayed for them and, and believe in the, in the name of Jesus that he can do wonders 
And uh, I got a call this past week that everything was clear. So thank you, Lord, for that. But the reality doesn't change. You may be in here and you may be have a, a, a cancer. You may, have, uh, you may be facing some, some medical uh, 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 diagnosis where you're really, really dealing with some difficult things. And, and so this becomes real. real. The lions and the tigers and the bears of life. And so King David, he said, he said this. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, I think that's wonderful because David was a shepherd. He shepherded the sheep. But he says, the Lord, God Almighty, is my shepherd. I will not want. I shall not want. He's going to make me lie down in green pastures. He understood how important that was. In those dark places of life, the, the sheep, they need a place of sanctuary. They need a place of refuge. He said, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Have you ever had the chaos of a raging river going through your life? That's what cancer is. That's what liver disease is. That's what leukemia is. That's, it's, a, it's a raging river in your life. Have you ever been in a river that you're, I'm going to die? You know, you, you're rafting or you're just, people in the Gila, they've died. Right? And so he says, he makes, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. In other words, your identity is, is, is in Christ, in God, and you don't have to try to get your right standing outside of him. He leads me in the path of righteousness because of his namesake, not my namesake. It's not what people will say about me. It's what they will say about how good God lived in me. All the wonderful things that God did through me. And then he says, Yes, yes, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. This is important because what David is really saying here is that when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are going to be faced with a choice. To let fear overtake you or to say, I'm going to let God fill me. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. And perfect love is found in who? In God. In Jesus. He says, "For I will fear, fear no evil, for you are with me. And your rod and your staff, they will comfort me. And so as we are here today, first service, and then I'll talk to second service, and then I'll talk to third service. As we are here today, and we're talking about this important question, this important fear that we have to navigate through. I want for us to look to God. Notice, I want for us to look to God for the ability to make it through this dark place. And not even for us to be taken out of the dark place, but for us to have him in the dark place with us. Are you with me? I was talking to a leader earlier, and he said, you know, um, people take that verse out of context. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I agree. People take it out of context because they think that that is for you to succeed at everything. The, 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 the context is that no matter what you're going through, you're going to be able to weather it through Jesus. 
Whether you're in a poor state or you're in a rich state, whether you're in a sick state or you're in a health state, you can do everything through Jesus who gives you the ability to navigate. So this is important right here. So I've got six ways, six ways to help us navigate and overcome the fear of death. And the first way that you can, you can uh, overcome is that when you grab a hold of the fact is that you can be delivered. You can be delivered from that, from that fear. And delivered means to be brought and handed over. If you have a, if you have a, a, a package delivered to you, UPS, FedEx, whoever it is coming, they will, they will bring and deliver, they bring a gift and they will deliver it to your door. You've been brought and handed over from a life of complete darkness to a life of light and hope. That's what happens with Christ. You were transferred from, from the domain of darkness to a dark, from a dark place into the kingdom of God's beloved son. Right? How many of you say, thank you, Lord, for doing that? Right? In fact, Paul wrote in Colossians 1.13, he said, he delivered us from the domain of darkness. He transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. And the word there for delivered is exousia. That's a Greek word right there, which means you, you're out of it, like, like the exodus. Like when, uh, when Moses was sent by God to go deliver the people from Egypt, they were in bondage. They were in a place of shackles. They were in a place of torture, and God took them out. Exousia. He ex- he, the exodus came from that place. They were taken from Egypt into freedom. And so God wants to take you out of the bondage of fear into the freedom of his son who overcame death. David wrote this. He said, and we we read it right now, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I I don't have to fear. Why, Why is that important to you today? Because you may be here. You may be walking in that valley. That phone call that I got the other day, they're in that valley. All week long, I get text messages. You know, when people have a death in their family, here's what I tell them, is our world stops. Have you noticed that when, when someone that you love passes, our world stops? But have you noticed that the world doesn't? And you're like, stop, wait a minute, don't you understand? I just lost my, my mom, my dad, my son, my, my daughter, my sister, my brother. Stop! But the world doesn't stop. He said, even though I am walking through this valley, this, this, this death valley, I don't, I'm not going to fear because you are with me. Here's the second way that we, that we navigate and overcome is you have the assurance of a resurrection. Jesus spoke to Martha, who, whose brother's name was Lazarus. Lazarus had died, and uh, they had called for Jesus to go so that he could pray over him because they had seen him uh, pray over people and then be delivered from anything, right? And so Jesus said, you know what, let him sleep. And what he meant was, let him die. That's the context. 
And then he goes back when he's been dead for four days. And, and, and Mary and Martha begin to say, Lord, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus said to them something that is very important. This is what you can, this is an anchor for, for any fear that you face. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Now, that is a, a wonderful hope. That is a wonderful place for us to grab a, some, 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 uh, the ability to, to navigate in, the, in that dark place. And then Paul wrote this. He said, and when you were dead in your transgression, so there's a spiritual death, there's a physical death, right? Before you come to Christ, you are in a spiritual death, and you need to be revived, right? So Paul wrote, and when you were dead in your transgressions and, and the uncircumcision of your flesh... He made you alive together with him. So there's that revival that happens. You're revived. You're born again. He made you alive together with him. Having forgiven all of our transgressions, and your sins are very important to the, the, the reality of death. We'll look at that right now. Having forgiven us all our transgressions, that's important. When you come to Christ, your sins are forgiven past, present, and guess what? Future, because you're in Christ. And so, so many people walk around condemned. Religious people walk around condemned like if I have to behave a certain way for God to love me. God loved you before you did anything. And God told Peter, God told Peter, it, it, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. Jesus is God. So he forgives us all our sins. And then having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, all the rules and regulations, and which was hostile to us. In other words, we're at enmity with God because we cannot, we cannot overcome rules and regulations. We fall short. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through Jesus. In other words, everything that is set up against us, Jesus overcame through the cross. Because the cross didn't have the last word. The resurrection did. That's what you need to grab a hold of. The, the death, the cross that he went and he died for us didn't have the last word. The resurrection did. Here's the third way. You and I have, if you're a believer in Christ, you have his likeness. The fact or quality of being alike, a resemblance. We have the resemblance of Christ. We have his likeness. I, I mentioned that my, my son Jacob uh, was here visiting, and it's crazy because he was supposed to be here like for four or five days. He's, he's off for seven days. Uh, seven days on, seven days off. That's a great schedule, by the way. And, and, um, and so he's here, and every, every day he, that he has to go back, he says, we're going to stay another day. And then the next day, well, we're going to stay another day. And m mom and I, grandma and I are loving it. You know, we really are. I mean, we're enjoying the babies. But, but one night, we get home, and my wife she pulls out this plastic tub 
carries it into the living room where we're all sitting, and she begins to take out all these pictures, all these images, because she wanted to see who the baby looked like, right? And so she begins to pull these pictures of, Jake's, of Jacob when he, was a, when he was a baby, and she starts looking, and she says, well, she doesn't have your eyes, but she's got your mouth, right? And, and, and so what, what, what she was saying is that, Jacob, this baby has your likeness. When I was in California, one of my, one of my, uh, uh, one of my aunts said to me, she just, she just kept staring at me. Maybe you've had this happen. She kept staring and she said to me, you look exactly like your grandpa Pete. So what was she saying? You have his likeness. The way that you can navigate in the dark place of death is to know that you, as a child of God, have the likeness of Christ. We're like him. We don't have to try to impress people because God's already impressed with us. Isn't that cool? You don't have to try to impress people because God's already impressed with us because we have the likeness of Christ. Hebrews 14 and 15 says this. It says, since then the, the, the children share in, the, in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same. In other words, Jesus became like us that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Because that helps us to understand where, where all of this is coming and where, where this darkness comes from. He says that he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might deliver us, deliver those who through the fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. It's telling us, beloved, that we don't have to be slaves to death anymore because we've been freed through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the fourth way is realizing that you have his power. The thing that we can never deny is that death has power. Cancer has the power to corrupt your body. Liver disease has the power to infect your organs. A heart attack has the power to stop blood flow from getting to vital organs in the body. And everyone is trying in their own ability to overcome the power over death. In fact, the, the atheist uh, Jewish author, his name was Ernest Becker, he wrote this. He said, the idea of death, the fear of it, haunts the human animal like anything else, like nothing else. He said, uh, he said this in the, the Denial of Death, a very, very, very well-read book. He said, it's a fear strong enough to compel us to force kale down our throats. <laughs> the first time someone told me, eat a kale chip, I said, you eat it. I'm going to eat a corn chip. <laughs> I love corn chips, especially with salsa. And he's saying, you know, the, the fear of death, the idea of death, it haunts us so bad that it, it's, it's so strong that it'll compel people to actually force kale down your throats. It, it'll compel them to run sweatily on a treadmill at 
early hours of the morning. And it'll, 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 it'll lead us to show our, and he wrote it, don't get mad at me, to show our genitals to a stranger with cold hands and a white coat if we feel that there's something a little wrong with us. And don't tell me that I'm lying. It's the truth. That's how powerful death is. All of us are trying. I mean, have you gone to a wellness check and they say, you know, go ahead and I'm going to be very discreet, but they'll tell you to you know, do something. You're going to put what where? You, you know? What? You're, some of us men, you're what? What? I told a doctor one time, I said, you just violated me. I mean, well, <laughs> why does he write this? Why, why does this, this atheist, very famous uh, anthropologist, why does he write this? Because death has power. And the fear of death has the power to make you do things that you'd never do if you were free from fear. But Paul wrote this. He said this in Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. He says, and what is the surpassing greatness of his dunamis? Like a dynamite. Who we get the word dynamite from? What is the, uh, the surpassing greatness of his power, this dynamite power toward us who believe? Th- th- these are in accordance with uh, his working of the strength of his might, and that word right there, uh, cradles, which he brought about in Christ when he raised, this is important right here, when he raised him from the dead. Power, the way to out of darkness is to understand that there's power in Jesus from the dead. And he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. One of the greatest ways for us to navigate through the fear of death is through the power of life that we have in Jesus Christ. The fifth way is that you'll be transformed. There's so much language in the, in the Bible about death and life. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, When our dying bodies have been, say it with me, have been what? Transformed into bodies that will never die. This scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin, hear me, for sin is a sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power because the law teaches us that we cannot fulfill it. It's a teacher, it's a tutor that leads us to who? To Jesus who came to accomplish what we could never accomplish. It just, it just everything's, it's, it's so simplistic and yet so difficult because we try in our own power to be good and we can't. We need the power of God. And the sixth way and the last way, as I begin to close, is a door has been opened for your deliverance from death and fear. You see, if there's a fire in here, 
if there's a fire in here, guys, there's exit doors for safety. If, if you're in a place that's in grave danger, you're looking for a pathway out of that danger. If you're locked in, I'll never forget, we had a wedding here, and uh, the, the bride got locked in the nursery. And then they went to go get, let her out, and the key broke. True, true story. True story. I think the husband and wife should have thought twice about that marriage after that, right? That's kind of a sign. They're still married, by the way. We had to call the locksmith. So the wedding was postponed about an hour for the locksmith to drive down and come and open the door where the bride was so that she would be able to come out and walk down the aisle. Now look at what Jesus says in Revelation. Jesus says this in John John writing. uh, He said, when I saw him, when I saw the the Messiah, the Christ, I fell at, at his feet as a dead man. And he laid his right hand upon me saying, don't be afraid. Now, this is important because fear scares us to, uh, death scares us to death. (laughs) Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead. And behold, he says, I am alive forever. He says, and I have the keys to death and to hell. And to Hades, the place of the dead. Ain't that amazing? There is a door, there is a door that's been opened us to us to escape fear and escape death. I'll, I can tell you this, I haven't been at the brink of death, but I know that death is inevitable for me. It's facing me every day. I know that that's a reality. And by the grace of God, I don't fear death because I'm alive in Christ. So my prayer for each one of you is that you'll have Jesus firmly planted in your heart. That the Holy Spirit will produce this life in you. That even if you're facing death, you face it with the assurance that even though you die, you will be raised to life through the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for showing us that you meet us in our dark places as well as in places of light. Everything is exposed to you and death is not final with you. You've revealed through Jesus that death was overcome and the grave did not have the final say-so. The resurrection of Jesus is my hope and the hope of the world for eternal life and an abundant life. Today, I choose to trust in Jesus alone for my salvation, my restoration, and my eternity. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who will empower me to overcome any and all fears. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Do me a a, a big, big, big favor. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org 
for more information.